Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share the inspiring story of someone who has faced their share of vulnerability and been able to find success and fulfillment. We hope all our stories will help you find the strength within yourself to live the life you want and find success of your own. Wei Lan Yun said, Courage is vulnerability. Vulnerability is courage. Like shadow and light, neither one can exist without the other. This is episode 16 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Alnur Damji. At age 6, his parents sent him to live with his aunt, and at that age he didn't understand why he was being sent away from his family. The consequences of this trauma and at age 8 suffering sexual abuse, he did not have the tools to establish healthy development, self-confidence, self-regulation, and a pattern for developing other relationships. Years later, he and his family immigrated from Kenya to Alberta, and the cycles of abuse continued. Their sponsor, who happened to be his mom's brother and sister-in-law, continually shamed him. He questioned the emotional, verbal, and physical abuse he endured in his early years in Canada and learned that patterns of abuse continue. All of this left him feeling confused and unsure of what his future could possibly hold for him. It would be many more years of struggling to cope with everything that had happened before he decided to find help. For a man whose name literally translates to the light, it would take years of darkness before he could shine it upon the world. He started by working from the inside out. Through therapy and learning more about how his past had affected him, he began to climb the mountains of his life instead of carrying them. This was the pivot to his transformational change to lose 200 pounds and keeping it off. Over the past 10 years, he has used his background in HR, cognitive behavior therapy to coach organizations and individuals to navigate change by using stories and is a sought-after speaker at conferences too. He is using his light to publish his first book on job searching using LinkedIn. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Alnur Damji. Hey Alnur, it's uh, a pleasure to have you on the show today. I'm, I'm excited for this interview as I am for all of them. Um, I'm, I'm really happy that so many people are so open to sharing their stories because I really think that what we're what I'm trying to do here with the Vulnerable Podcast and, and helping people, I think that we can all do a, our own little bit to help. So thank you again for coming on. It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this. Awesome. So the first question I ask every guest is what is your definition of vulnerability? You know, I was... Um, mulling over that question and you know it's just what it is is your openness to share whatever you're going through whatever you've gone through and you know you're afraid of what people will think there's so much stigma that goes on with everything from um, mental illness mental health and so many other uh, things that uh, people are afraid to share what they are going through what they've been through no, awesome. I mean, and that that's the thing here is that like, I, I agree, people definitely are afraid to share. But I think one thing we talked about just before we got started here is that I think it's when you share that you become more relatable with people. And that's something I discovered when I hopped onto LinkedIn, you know, a little over a year ago. Um, you know, I was all worried about people judging me because I had just got let go from my job and all this. And then I found out, you know, there's other people out there that have gone through the same thing, either very recently before in the past, whatever. So um, but I definitely agree. It's that there, there is that definitely that feeling of, of worry and, and, you know, fear that people, you know, might not accept what you have to say and, and people are afraid to put that out there. So, so, so true. The big thing is you're not alone. Yeah. 
and your story will inspire others. No, for sure. Yes, it's just amazing that what you've shared already. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, podcast episode that you shared about yourself. You're inspiring so many others. Appreciate that. So what would you say is your earliest memory of facing uh, a situation of vulnerability or struggle in your life? So I am originally from Kenya, East Africa. I came into the family after 17 years and there was a baby born and it was a big, big party because, you know, with the Indian population, with the African population, with the Asian population, I'm not sure why, but they, they love to have, you know, male kids. And so this was a huge thing that, you know, a child was born into the family, male child and all of that. And uh, he, my aunt, uh, Nurabai, was the one who was the one who named me after herself. And she was, she dotted me. And, every, and at that time, my parents lived with my aunt. In, in those days, lots of family lived uh, together. It was a three-bedroom condo. It used to be a flat, is what we called it in Kenya. My parents had one end of the um, place, and my aunt was the other, and my cousin was in the middle, and that's how we all lived. Uh, when I was age five, my parents uh, moved, and I didn't know what was going on in there. But at age six, I was sent to live with my aunt. And at that time, I didn't know at a young age what I had done, that I was being punished. I was leaving with my parents and my two younger brothers. <clears throat> and later in life, I found out that this is what attachment injury is. It's not that my parents didn't love me. It's not that my aunt didn't do everything for me. But in my mind, I wanted to please people. And at age eight, I was repeatedly abused by a male. And um, I didn't know, I, I couldn't say anything. And so I've, I have PTSD and that carried on until even my adulthood. And we moved to Canada in 1986. I came here almost an adult and uh, I was an adult and we were sponsored by my mom's brother. Um, I, all my life I had seen um, ma male uh, uh, a toxic vulnerability. And that is that, you know, you're not allowed to express your emotions. This is how boys act. You are supposed to man up. You know, this is not how you should be doing things. But growing up, I didn't have that sense of security and all of that. And I allowed people to cross boundaries. And these boundaries were crossed when I was eight. The boundaries kept on being crossed when I was being bullied. And when I, at that, after the, the bullying that happened when I was age eight, I dropped my grades. I was from the top of the class to the bottom of the class. You know, things like that, that weren't talked about, like what was going on? How come you're not doing well now? Is there anything we can do to help you? And so um, to, to comfort myself, I started eating. And I would eat, and that's where I found love. And uh, coming to Canada, um, oh, sorry, I'll backtrack. Every three months, we'd go to Tanzania, where my grandparents, my maternal, my maternal grandparents lived. My maternal grandfather, he was a tyrant. He was such a bully. Everybody was scared of him. He used to beat people like my grandmother up and my mom and everybody else, right? And so the only thing I saw was this anger. And that is the thing that I resonated is that's what males are. And I did not fit in. And 
growing up as a teenager, I did not fit in. And just before we got on, or like just when we got on, I showed you a picture that, you know, came up of the memories and I shared about that. At that time, I was heavier as well. And I talked about how I tried to fit in, how I was odd. Coming to Canada, I tried to fit in with people. And uh, my mom's brother owned a dry cleaners and I was supposed to work there maybe 15 hours a day sometimes. And that went, and, and there was lots of anger. There was lots of bullying and screaming at me. And he would take out his frustrations saying, you're fat. I'm phobic of fat. Uh, I remember one time I was dropped at the bottom of a hill and I had to walk up in two feet snow. Here I'm from Africa by the equator, which is Canada. Okay. I hated winter, by the way. <laughs> and uh, the white we saw on the ground was the white sandy beaches. Mombasa has the most beautiful beaches. So anyways, uh, he, he dropped me at the bottom of the hill. I could not walk. I was lucky that a public bus uh, uh, was passing by. I waved the driver down. He looked at me as though I was crazy walking up uh, when it was snowing still. And, the, uh, and there was so much snow on the ground. Um, I got back there and I couldn't see anything. I remember other, uh, other, um, other times when there was so much anger and bullying and all of that. So I went through life thinking that, you know what, this is the way it should be. And the way I comforted myself was food. And I reached 380 pounds. And this was in 2010. So um, talking about adversity, talking about all of those things, th those have been things that have been part of my life. And I wasn't doing things right when I couldn't move. And my older son uh, had only one at that time. We were vacationing in a tropical place. And he said, Papa, can you please play with me? There are all the other papas who are playing, you know, with a ball. And I got up and I couldn't, I, I took a few steps and I'm like, you know, I can't do this. And I was feeling very ashamed. I came back to Canada. And at that time, my friend Shabu, who is legally blind, had come back from Tanzania. He had summited Mount Kilimanjaro. This guy, uh, mountain bikes, he cooks, he bakes, he line dances. He is, he is a legend. He's unstoppable. And so I asked him, Shabu, why? And he said, I believe I can. So I had to change my mental scripting. I had to change the, the scripting. And that is hard. I had to start working on this before I started working on my external, my body, and my shell. And um, I got therapy. And this is something that people say, oh, my gosh, you therapy? And that's what people don't understand, that there's nothing wrong with therapy. It is such a beautiful thing because it can help you. Um, and, and so many people say, well, I'm going to get a book. I'm going to learn how to do this. That's how things work. Because in a book, you don't have a person who is your accountability partner. You're not giving those milestones where this is where, you're sure, you can journal. And, I, and I'm a big believer in journaling and all of that. But when you are sharing with an uh, a expert in mental health, with mental illness and all of that, you are able to pivot. And it doesn't mean that you've done it once, you don't do it again. You keep on getting help if you need it. And people don't go through life like this because that's flatline. 
we always go through these. We have peaks and valleys. And I, oh, this is a famous thing of mine is that I used to carry mountains. Now I hike, I climb mountains because I carried all of that stress and everything. So uh, I started to believe in myself and I failed forward. I felt, and you know what? I didn't let that stop me because that is how I started to become resilient. I started delivering speeches and all of those around, uh, one of the ones was personality dimensions, which is a Myers-Briggs type of one where I was um, meeting a t a leaders of my religious organization. They were all senior leaders of uh, the chair and the board and all of that. And I delivered this and they were just floored because they were able to understand that being able to understand themselves, they were able to understand others. And from there, I was approached if I would take on um, cognitive behavior therapy as part of my toolkit. So my background is in human resources. I've moved on to career, uh, assisting people with their career journeys. So I said, wow, mental health? Yes, I would love that. So I went off and I got trained with the Canadian Mental Health Association. This was back in 2014. And, um, and I started delivering these eight-week sessions. In 2016, I was appointed as the national lead for the program. And whenever I deliver, I, I don't only lead the program, but I love to be, hand, uh, to be um, you know, ground floor where I'm also delivering these uh, sessions because every time I deliver, I use my toolkit. And so the toolkit with cognitive behavior therapy, every time you use it, you're helping yourself. So with that, I've developed a lot of resilience. I have been sharing a lot of these stories and talking about, um, you talked about LinkedIn. And yes, it's been such a blessing. In this uh, last year, I shared uh, during Mental Health Month, but this year, I decided to really come clean. And the whole month, I delivered videos or posts and articles around mental health, mental illness. And this is what uh, I, I called it, is for the first third, it was unpacking. I unpacked so many of these things. And yes, people were rushing, oh my God, are you okay? I said, yes, I'm okay. But yet they could not appreciate, and I was not saying all of them, I'm saying a small population and some who were very close to me. The next third of the month, I talked about unlearning because with my, um, the, the uh, attachment injury with the PTSD and with the uh, learning how anger is part of life, I had formed these neural pathways and the neural pathways were telling me to do things a certain way. And to be able to break those neural pathways, I had to start unlearning. When I decided to unlearn, I became unstoppable. And that was the next third of the month. So unpack, unlearn, unstoppable. And in doing so, there was so much appreciation from the LinkedIn community. I had been asked to deliver, and I'm getting uh, goosebumps, a uh, keynote on this, and sharing the journey is that we're not alone, and there's no shame in this. There have been a few that have not appreciated me, and 
Some of them have been mental health experts and a few family members. And the thing is, is that all my life, I have been allowing people to walk and cross boundaries. And now in unlearning those, I am trying very hard, I'm not always successful in saying you are crossing the boundaries. And that has been a piece that has really helped in being able to be, so talking about the childhood and all of those, yes, I've been very resilient. Going through the abuse and the adults and, and all the anger and everything, I developed sleep apnea. I remember crossing a busy intersection fast asleep because I hadn't had REM sleep for two years. I started losing my memory. I was in a college at that time and I had no idea what classes I was. I was just a zombie going to these classes, failing these classes because I was falling asleep and being so ashamed that I would be taking a, do you know those pencils with those nibs that you can mm-hmm. press? The sharp lead comes out. I had a jolt cola that is twice the caffeine, twice the sugar a Mars bar. So I was trying to get the sugar rush so it would be away, but that too was not helping. And I would be snoring just before I would be stabbing myself with a pencil, the pain to wake me up, but being utterly exhausted. And uh, people would turn around looking at the back and my snore would wake me up because I'd be gasping for air. That's what happens with sleep apnea. And leaving the classroom in shame, to finally saying no, stepping up and talking to my mom's brother and his wife and saying, no, I'm going to get a sleep apnea machine. And they forbidden me. And I still went ahead, took out a loan. At that time, those machines were about $3,000. I went through um, being kicked out of college. I got myself well, and I was told, oh, you've stopped snoring, but not seeing that I have a quality of life and I'm not falling asleep, and then I'm getting a bit of my memory back to going back to college. My GPA was 1.5, and I had to pull that up to get it to three, which meant getting A's. And to do that uh, was extremely difficult, but you know what? At the end, I graduated college. I went on to take, um, to go to university, and while I was in university, I was working full-time for a university evenings and weekends. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, I would be at university in the evenings. Um, I'd have one day off. Friday was prayers, mosque. I would never take any classes. Saturday morning, university. And I was on Skid Row. I was working full-time. But the money was going towards paying rent. And I would be borrowing the textbooks from the library. And I wouldn't have food to eat. So I'll be going to the food bank. Sorry, I'm just going to take a sip of my chai. Thank you for having chai with all no hashtag. Um, going to the food bank, and I'm saying, you know what? I, I need to figure out something else. So I was going to university. I was working full-time, evenings, weekend, and uh, working full-time. I decided to put on henna. And henna is typically put on by women uh, in my community. So I did it in Eau Claire Market, which was a really happening area in Calgary. And that is what the memories showed up on Facebook. And I was a laughing stock of so many people in my community. Oh, you're putting on henna. 
when are you starting waxing? Are you going to be doing threading? Oh, is and, and you know what? It, it, it got to a point where I was like, you know, whatever, because I was now making money. But I was able to, uh, not the pride, but be able to afford to eat and eat healthy foods. And um, that shows me that, you know what? Life can hurl so many lemons at you. And, you know, what do you do with those lemons? Is hey, there's so many other uses for lemons that is not just making lemonade. And um, that shows that it's being resilient and adversity comes in. That's where, um, that's showing that, yes, I am vulnerable. And uh, one more thing, I'm sorry, I'm just rambling on. <laughs> the videos I posted was about, uh, even though I had lost a lot of weight, but um, back uh, last year, uh, I had lost about uh, 195 pounds. And then um, I got shoulder injury and I couldn't work out and everything. And slowly my weight started creeping back up. And in May, I was in the shower, I got out and I had by now put on 15 pounds, I think. And I looked in the mirror coming out and I said, you're fat. And it was like, I was just disgusted. And so these scripting of being called fat in childhood by being bullied by, in my adult life, by my mom's brother saying, you're fat, I'm phobic of that, leaving me at the bottom of the hill and his wife uh, making me drink the soup for breakfast, lunch, supper, which was called the general hospital soup diet, which was green peppers, cabbage, um, and, and celery, and no salt and pepper because there was no sugar in this and that's what I had to eat. It was, it, was, uh, it was cruel because you don't get any nutrients from that at all anyways, um, just to try and make me lose the weight. Um, to having undergone this change, but still calling myself those names. And that's what cognitive behavior therapy is that the things that you hear on the outside by people who you've respected, it could have been your parents, it could have been teachers, it could have been leaders, are the words that get in your mind. And so I had to use positive affirmations that I am clever and I didn't believe in that, but I had to keep using that. I am valued, I am kind, I am a great speaker, I am a fantastic dancer. Oh, you should see me dance <laughs> at that weight. I could move. Telling me to walk, I couldn't walk, but you know, it is using those and starting that journey of, you know, um, of unlearning those habits. That is where I've seen the success. And now I'm back on the journey of um, losing the weight the healthy way. Uh, being a pesco vegetarian, I don't eat any meat. I've been pesco vegetarian 29 years. And so, uh, using lentils, legumes, quinoa, um, hemp seeds, and all of that. And that's what I show people it can be done. It's not that you can't do this. And that has been my vulnerability journey and showing that, you know what, men are, it's okay for us to cry. It's good to cry. It's, oh, we too have those, um, oh, and it's not just, Women that say that, that have the body image issues. Well, 
so many organizations have caught on to that, but still there's that stigma. Look at the amount of men products out there for grooming and everything like that. And that is a huge market. That's a huge niche. But why are people not talking about that? So here I am. Thank you for allowing me to voice, uh, to uh, bring my voice to share that we are here. We have gone through these and we are all right. I'm imperfect. But I'm all right. Thanks, Brenny Brown. You're a rock star. <laughs> No, and, and thank you for sharing all that. I mean, I think you skipped from question two to nine <laughs> in that entire story <laughs> because usually, you know, there's sort of more of a, 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 you know, a way that I follow, but, you know, each podcast is going to be different and that's totally fine. And, and you know, again, I think that was an incredible share, of, you know, from where you came from to where you're at now. So just to sort of jump back a little bit, um, you know, in those years of, of, you know, bullying and the abuse and the things that happened, how would you say you eventually overcame that? Like what tools, what things did you use? You know, was it friends? Was it, you know, aside from the therapy and things that you mentioned, what other things did you do to help yourself overcome and get through these situations? Brilliant question. And as I share that, you're not alone. In there, so when I talked about my abuse to somebody in my mosque, he goes, oh, that could never have happened. And I said, it did. It happened in Kenya. Oh, yes, it happens there. Meanwhile, he's from Africa. So it's right away shifting that, that it is there. So it's okay if people don't buy your story. You need to move on. You need to find a tribe that is going to be your, your rock, your circle, and, and including them in your circle is going to be paramount, is going to pivot for you to get out of that. By me sharing on LinkedIn, people are like, you don't share those kind of, this is, well, LinkedIn has evolved. It's no longer your boring resume. It's social media, but it's social media to help you to be able to not only find jobs, to find clients, to find um, where you can provide your subject matter expertise, but it is a community that is sharing, uh, that, that is, uh, you know, appreciating you and holding you close to their heart and being there for you. It was just amazing at the outpouring of love I've received on uh, LinkedIn. And even that post that showed up on my Facebook is that I was just skimming through those and it was just amazing that people said, you're not odd. And that was a photo shoot, a Calgary photo photographer did, um, pretty, uh, talking about abuse and that a word that they resonated with and we had to wear white. And she put, she, uh, put a, a black eye digitally uh, photoshopped a black eye with all of the individuals that had been part of this. So, you know, I'd say start with finding a tribe that's going to be there for you and please seek help. Start journaling. Start journaling and writing a, future, a letter to your future self. And this is what I help my clients with, is to say, can you write a letter six months ahead 
what I'd like you to do is give it to me and I will mail it to you. Is what steps are you going to be taking right now? So that when you get the letter and read it, you're able to say, yes, I did this. And start journaling, start using positive affirmations. Men don't use that usually. And yes, I'm stereotyping here. Because when I have men in the class, I see the eyes roll. When I met with clients one-on-one, -on -one, I see them just like, Please don't think you must do that. They are not all that do that. This thing works. Yeah. It does. And so if you want, I can only open the door because I've been bashed. What have you done for me? Well, I can provide you with the tools. I can open the door. You need to walk in. Yeah. No, definitely. So you know, it sounds like community was a big part of helping you um, overcome a lot of these situations that you've gone yes. through, whether it was your, you know, your religious community or the LinkedIn community or, or any other sort of communities that you, you involved yourself in. And yes. I agree. I think that having people around you, I say something similar, you know, as I'm starting to, to build out my personal brand, I talk about finding your circle. Um, yes. and because, you know, for me, a circle is a closed loop. And so you got to find those people who are, you're going to stay close to you. There's not going to, you know, there's acquaintances, there's all these people on the outside of that circle, but there's that core group of people that is going to be there for you through the good, the bad, and the ugly and accept yes. you no matter what. And I, I found that, you know, in the last couple of years as well. So I can definitely agree with you on that point. So what, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. After you sort of, you know, you overcame these things, you went through all these things, what new strength would you say it helped you discover in yourself? I know you mentioned resilience a few times. I don't know if that's what you would say, or if there's something else, another strength that you discovered through going through all this. I believe in me. So self-belief, I guess. Self-belief, having the confidence. And again, um, I need to work at the tools that I have to be able to keep it at that. There are going to be times when life throws you those, uh, you know, wrenches and you will start to start to go down, but it's learning to lean in and it's to say, yes, I'm going down the rabbit hole. And what can I do to get out of that rabbit hole? That door has been opened. I too have to walk in. <laughs> Interesting way of looking at it for sure. Um, so, right? yeah, no, definitely. I mean, everything you're saying makes a lot of sense in terms of like, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, I've worked with other coaches and stuff like that. And there are times that in where I'm looking at them, like, you know, like they're crazy or thinking, you know, like, what are you talking about? Or they're giving me a tool and then you know, they'll reach back out to me in a few weeks and, and they'll say, how are things going? And I'll give them some excuse. And when at the end of the day, the real reason that things haven't worked out or whatever is because I maybe haven't done the work or used the tools. So I yes. couldn't agree more. You know, the, the next thing I was going to ask, but I think you've already pretty much covered it. And, and I mean, I think I could answer it for you, but I'll let you anyways is, you know, I like to ask people like, you know, when you were to look back at everything that you've gone through, would you say you faced, you know, a lot of vulnerability, a little bit of vulnerability, a moderate amount? I mean, I, like I said, I think I can answer this question for you, but how would you sort of pose it? How would you say that, you know, would you say you faced a lot, a little, somewhere in between? A lot. Yeah. See, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. And so. so, you know, you, you hit on a key point there is that the community has been wonderful. And so in myself, I've, I've I've even grown in the last few months and 
I you know, would like to share something else with you as is that I am almost done writing a book and this book is for job seekers uh, using LinkedIn. And uh, it, it's, uh, I'm just surrounded by a fantastic community. I've already spoken to five individuals who are going to be contributing um, positive words or so to the book and speaking about how um, it, I have you know, different uh, chapters and they are, the top third is very important of your LinkedIn profile. Somebody's going to be writing about that, about the name piece. Somebody's mm -hmm. talking about followers. Something, somebody's going to be talking about content creation. Somebody's going to be talking about, you know, the about section and all of those. And they're going to be, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to do this had I not gone on this journey of um, learning that I need to grow as well. So I didn't need to go through life. I needed to grow through life. <laughs> and uh, that is where I am so appreciative of the uh, appreciative of the community that have been you know behind me behind my back. No, definitely, I can. I mean, I, I can you know from my experience, and I don't want to speak for you, but from my experience, even just growing that community, putting yourself out there on LinkedIn, I think just speaking of that in particular is definitely something that's a little more vulnerable for a lot of people because, like you said a few minutes ago it was always known as this sort of place to put your resume digitally and find a job. And now it's become a little bit more than that. It's become more of a social platform and it's allowing right. people to show more, more of who they are. And sure, it might yeah. still help you find a job, but there's, there's also that, you know, vulnerability in putting yourself out there or even just reaching out to people. I mean, I can imagine even just trying to choose the few people that you wanted to contribute probably wasn't that easy. And also, also just wondering if they would, you know, mm -hmm. there's, you know, those sort of things. Oh my gosh. You know, yes. Same thing with starting this podcast. I mean, I, I really didn't know if I was going to reach out to people. I hadn't, you know, I had sort of stepped away from LinkedIn and from social media for almost a year before I decided to start this. And I thought, you know, I'm going to reach out to these people and they're going to be like, I don't know, you know, like I haven't really seen him in a while. What's he really doing? You know, do I really yeah. believe in what he's doing? Exactly. But it was the complete opposite. So, I mean, a lot of times I think that what what goes on in our head as you spoke about is not necessarily the truth it's just what we're telling ourselves and once we sort of mm -hmm. move past that you know or, or walk through that door as you said is where we realize it's not all that bad and and you know you can probably do more than what we give ourselves credit for so yes so all these things that you've gone through and and you know from you know a young age all the way up till now how would you say all of it has helped you get to where you are now as a coach as you know in writing this book how would you say everything you've gone through has helped you well, uh, certainly it's, it's that um, the, it, it's, it's saying, I always find that if a coach has not gone through any um, adversity, they are not really able to speak about it. And so um, sometimes people go like, you know, I don't want to see a coach who uh, has been has had those issues, and I'm saying, you know what? That that certainly is your choice. The thing is that once I um, once clients share some deep dark things that have gone on in their lives, I can empathize, and um, I can be uh, there as somebody who's going to help to walk with them in their journey. I have. Been, uh, I have uh, 
had job loss, I've been through job search, I can walk with my clients in their journey. I've faced adversity, I can walk with my clients in their journey. And I do have the toolkits with my background of my education in human resources and industrial relations. And then moving to uh, managing uh, three organizations, their human resources department. Uh, I've also worked with the municipal department, munis municipal, uh, municipality government in Calgary in their human resources uh, department. And so using those experiences, I, I went on into career advising and have won three awards, two with the Chamber of Commerce for professional service and one with the uh, Alberta Career Development Association for, for the work that I do. So, you know, it, it's, it's taking all the education, taking my life experiences and packaging that up to help individuals bringing light to their career and life journeys is what I, I love to do. So I, I, the one point I want to really pull from that um, is when you spoke about empathy. I, you know, I've been doing a lot of uh, learning on meditation, you know, happiness, whatever you might have, whatever, a, lot, a lot of different things, a lot of books that I've been reading on self-help and, and sort of mental health and everything. And, and empathy is one of the things that I continuously see. So I think that that is one thing that I can definitely say that I would, not, I would agree with you is going to help a lot of people in a lot of different situations. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I can see how, you know, again, like you said, all those things that you've been through help you be more empathetic with other people's struggles. And, and again, I think that empathy could help us all out a lot in terms of, you know, having less judgment for people and, and the things that they may have gone through, because I think we all just try and sort of point fingers and not really get to know what that person's really maybe going through. So uh, again, yes. you know, a, a great point there. So at Thank this you. point in your life, would you say that you found success and fulfillment or that you're still on your journey towards it? So I have summited a mountain and I found that there's another mountain I need to climb. So still on your journey. <laughs> I'm, you know what? And so I had used this in my LinkedIn tagline is I'm a WIP. I'm a work in progress because we can never stop learning. And I was, uh, you know, in, in my own head thinking, oh, yay, I'm going to be going to China to teach. I did that back in 2000. And the thing is, I went there to learn. Hmm. Uh, it was just an amazing experience of being able to um, share uh, and, and provide tools for individuals wanting to improve their conversational English. Uh, and then I was being approached by organizations to do recruitment for them because of my HR, uh, taking HR, and uh, also uh, holding these training sessions for engineers. So it was just such an amazing experience that, you know, we think that, oh, we're, we're there, but we are not there. <laughs> That is the humbling thing, is to know that uh, it's okay to say I have failed. And what are the learnings from that? How can I take that and move forward? No, I, I, there's a quote that I recently read. I don't know who it came from or if it's just something I heard again. But uh, it, the, it was that there's no such thing as failure. There's only learning. 
And so mm-hmm. I agree with what you're saying there. I mean, I, I, you know, in my, my uh, first episode of the podcast where I tell my story, I talk about, you know, starting my business and it was a failed business by the end of the first year, but that's not necessarily true. And, and now that I think about it, maybe I should have reworded it because it, 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 although it didn't work out the way that I thought it was, I learned a lot from it and we ended up pivoting and now we're going in a different direction. But again, you know, the way I look at it is it failed because we didn't make any money. The The original idea sort of, you know, fell over. And, but again, like we just said, you know, there's no such thing as failing, only learning. And, and believe me, I learned a lot, a lot (laughs) in terms of just like, you know, managing money, team members, all that kind of stuff. But again, that's, you know, another story for another day. So I'm getting down to my last few questions. Um, the, the last one here, you know, there's a ton of stuff that people can take from this episode, a ton of takeaways that they can take. Um, if they were to sit down and listen to it and take notes and everything and, uh, you know, if, but if there were three key takeaways, three things that you could tell people right now, if they're listening to this and they want to finish this episode and they want to start maybe something on their journey or start doing something, what are three key takeaways you could give to people, um, that they could use to, to basically, you know, start their journey or, or help them through their vulnerabilities? One is there is so much help that is out there reach out and find out from your uh, community, find out from uh, your city uh, what resources are available. There are free resources that are available there. Two, when you get to seek help, remember it is a two-way thing. And if it's not working, you need to find somebody else. Number three is that this is another... um, hashtag that is I have, which is micro steps for massive impact. In my journey of weight loss, I took micro steps. And you need to chunk it down because you get overwhelmed with all of the different things you need to do. There's so many times you need to say no. And as a person who's been abused, it was hard to say no. But one thing my mentor a long time ago told me, oh no, you don't like to say no. Do you know who you're saying no to? You're saying no to the person looking back in the mirror. And that was like, so start saying yes to yourself. You may hurt people, but in the long run, you let the bird go if it comes back, it's yours. They come back, they're your true circle, your true tribe. So those are the three things is that it takes time. Start, take that first step, find out who you can get help from, and keep on working at it. If it doesn't work, it's okay. Take another step, breathe, and look in the mirror. Who be your hero? There go your hero. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. So the last thing isn't so much of a question, but more of an opportunity for my guests to you know, sort of promote themselves, anything they're up to, you know, whether it's just telling people where to find them on social media or an event, or, you know, like you said, you got a book coming up, whatever yes. it is that you want to promote, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for the space. And thank you for inviting me to be on this podcast and sharing my voice. And my website is www.iamalnur. Alnur means the light. So I am the light. <laughs> And Alnur is spelled A L N O O R. 
I can be found on LinkedIn. Please do follow my hashtags, hashtag I-A-M-A-L-N-O-O-R, and hashtag Chai with Alnur, C-H-A-I, because I believe in drinking chai with other people. You build a community, and it is because of my community I am where I am today. And I'm so glad to have you as part of my community prime and all of the listeners out there to reach out. I'm also on Facebook. You can find me, I am Alnur. Twitter is I am Alnur YYC. Instagram is also I am Alnur. So all of us, we can unpack, we can unlearn, and you be unstoppable. <laughs> you. Awesome. I'll make sure to put those in the uh, the show notes when I when I post the episode. And, you know, uh, definitely, it's been great getting to know you. I'm really happy that you shared. Like I said, today, I didn't know this much about your story. But now that I do know it, it definitely gives me, you know, not just a different look at, you know, people and you in particular, but just, you know, that, like I said, we all have a story. And, you know, when we put it out there, it's, it, there's just something that happens, like I said, whether it's the fact that we find people that can relate, whether it's, that it, it frees us of that weight, as you spoke about, instead of carrying the mountains, we begin climbing them. So, I mean, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all these stories with me. And um, yeah, you know, thank you again. And, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk more soon. Thanks again. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Vulnerable Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out and means more than you know. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching Vulnerable Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at the B-E-L-M-E-D-A, that's the B-E-A-L-M-E-I-D-A, or by searching my name on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, please let me know as I would love to interview them for the show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and see you next week.